So, it, it, I guess when you get down to it, it really just boils down to a, uh, a multi-decade track record of making false prophecies. <laughs> You thought I was going to get through a whole episode without making a juvenile joke. You were wrong, my friend. Oh, no. The thought never crossed my mind. Hey, welcome back to the show. Thank you for joining us. Uh, This is a good one. We have, from Key Life Ministries, Eric... Guzman. Don't call him Guzman. Guzman. How you doing, Eric? I am well, thank you. We were just talking about this before we went on. I, it's like I see your name, I have to call you Guzman. I, I think what you need, you need like an extra Z in there because if it was G-U-Z-Z-M-A-N, I think everybody would get it and they call you Guzman. I've never understood it. Nobody looks at the name Donald Trump and goes, I want to call him Donald Trump. <laughs> I mean, I think it's all pretty clear. It's Guzman. You don't need an extra Z. But a lot of people are just like you. They want to say Guzman. I think it's because uh, there's a lot of Spanish folks who are named Guzman, uh-huh. and they want to uh, you know, join in the fun. So what's, the, what's, <laughs> the, the Guzman. Uh, what's the ethnic origin, then, if it's not Hispanic? Well, for me, I'm Polish and German. Okay. And I think it comes from Guzman. Oh, okay. So I guess maybe you're more you're you're more accurate than I am. <laughs> listen, listen, we, we we throw our rules to the ground when we step inside the fun, sexy Bible time zone, my friend. Chuck it all, man. Let's party. <laughs> all right. So uh, Eric is the um, what, what's your official title, Key Life VP? I I am Vice President of Communications slash Executive Producer. Dang. Why are you on this podcast? That, this is a that's a horrible career decision for you to come on Fun Sex. <laughs> is it really <laughs> disastrous? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm going to uh, I'm going to I can't even think of the word. I'm going to regret this. Um, are you in? Does Steve Does Steve Brown ever put you in charge of the grace at Key Life, or or does he have to control all the grace? No, he's like the. The goose who lays the golden egg. <laughs> he is the grace. He, he must dispense all the free sins. <laughs> it's a job security thing. As long as he's around, he's the guy you got to go to to get the goods. Um, okay, well, I'm actually coming to you from the uh, backup bunker of Fun Sexy Bible Time. Eric and I tried to do this podcast, what was it, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago? Something like that. And uh, it was horrible. How many times did the connection break? It was like nine or ten times. It was it was, it was <sighs> Satan. Uh, yeah. I started to think, man, one of my demons got in the, <laughs> in the technology and started messing things up. I was scared that it was going to happen again, but so far, so good. So far, so good. So I, far, I, so I had good. to come yeah. to, the, uh, to the FSBT bunker with a secure connection. Um. I'm actually at my dad's house right now in a different part of Backwoods, Alabama. Hmm. Better connection there in the basement or what? <laughs> Better connection in the bunker here. Okay. Okay. Well, we are going to talk about a couple of things today. Um, 
I, I think <laughs> I'm actually looking forward to this because uh, towards the end of last week, we, we got some word in the news that um, uh, Benny Hinn, his, his offices to his ministry were raided by, <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face, raided by the IRS. Now, what this could entail, who knows? Obviously, they're suspecting some kind of financial skullduggery. Uh, which shocks me, for one, that, that Benny Hen would would be uh, suspected of something like that. But uh, Eric, when somebody says Benny Hen, like, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Well, I don't understand this at all. I mean, I I used to watch this show as a kid, uh-huh. but you know, my parents would never let me watch it. I had to sneak. <laughs> it was on late, <laughs> and I'd watch it and. Um, you know, talk about fun and sexy. It's just a, it's a show that you just couldn't turn away from. I think one of the best theme songs ever. <laughs> it's just a great, great theme song. And, uh, this is your life. The Benny Hinn show. No, no, no. Benny Hill. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great theme song. I mean, it's one of the all-time great theme songs. I, I ha- actually have it queued up. I don't know. If you can pick this up, but I mean, just just take this in. Lay it on me, baby. I mean, that's that's great. Doesn't get more fun than that. I don't see how anybody couldn't love this program. <laughs> But that was also the music that would play uh, circa 2000 at Christian College when I would attempt to talk to the girls. <laughs> and they would all run away from you like that, and then you'd have to chase them down while that music goes on. So I don't even know. I don't know why the IRS would be after this guy. Uh, I mean, he's been dead since 92. <laughs> Okay, so let me let me give you my introduction to Benny Benny Hen. I grew up in the Assemblies of God, so same theological neck of the woods as as, as Benny Hen. Uh, and as a kid, like yeah, of course I didn't know who he was. Oh, Benny Hen, <laughs> Benny Hen, that's something totally different. Okay, I, I give you an A plus for dedication to that joke. Well, let me tell you, I, I, all the research I did was on the other show. I've been watching videos ever since you brought up that you wanted to talk about Benny Hill. Yeah, and uh, basically. I've just been having, a, been having a great time. And uh, I, I, I fear that I'm unprepared for this other conversation. But go ahead. Well, I, I'm not allowed to watch Benny Hill because some of the ladies on that show have, have, have very big blessings. And I'm not allowed to see that. Well, that's exactly what I'm saying. Fun, sexy, Benny Hill time. <laughs> okay, so when I was a kid I, I, in my summers of God Church, there was an, there was an older lady uh, that sat in the back. And she was probably, you know, mid-60s maybe, had like bright orange hair. I remember that for some reason. And uh, she suffered from arthritis. And like her thing was like, she just kept saying, like to anybody who would listen, if I can just get to Benny Hinn, I'll be okay. And, like, she would watch his uh, schedule of, like, trying to, like, find a time when he was getting close enough to hold, like, an event near that she could go to. I I don't know if she ever made it to him or not, but that was her thing. Like, if I could just get to Benny Hinn. So, he he sort of had, like, a mythical 
presence to me growing up as a kid. I mean, like, who is this guy with this weird name? Like, Benny Hinn. Who is this guy? Um, and then to come to find out, he's just simply... <laughs> he's simply... I don't know. What, what's the right adjective? Uh, faith healer? <laughs> uh, he, or is that a noun? That's he, a noun. He's Sorry. He's, he's very special. We'll just say he's very special. <laughs> oh. Well... Yeah, he's certainly made a splash on the scene. <laughs> I think most people today know him as, as you know, those those uh, gifs or gifs or whatever that float around Twitter of him. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Gif or gif? There's some question about that? It supposedly is gif, but I, I've, I just resist that. Like Much like calling you Guzman, I feel the need to call it a gif. Yeah, but why is it called... Why is it called GIF? Because, like, it actually makes sense. Hold on, I gotta look this up. GIF. It stands for something. Graphics interchange format. Well, yeah, it's a hard G. So why can't it be? Why? Why would it? Why would it be GIF? It's graphics interchange format. I don't know. There's the, the peanut butter GIF is J I F. I mean, we're crossing the streams here. I think this is a controversy that can just be put to put to, to put to bed right now. It's it's gift, but go ahead. We, we've decided that on Fun Sexy Bible Thing. Okay, so there's the, the, gifts, the gifts that float around Twitter of uh, him like waving his jacket. Oh yeah, uh, you know, like the, let the bodies hit the floor. Oh, one of the all time best. Yes. So I think that's how people, uh, you know, I think that's how people online view him as that, but. Um, it really goes a lot deeper than that of just like goofy stuff in his in his services. Uh, first of all, uh, he's rich, Eric. He's quite rich. Oh yeah, he's doing okay for himself. Oh yeah, not quite to the level of of you and I, rich. <laughs> Estimated net worth uh, as of 2014 was 42 million. Oh my! So uh, I mean, yeah, he's, he's almost caught us as far as. As far as net worth, um, but if you if you dig a little deeper into him, he he's got this this litany of just like crazy stuff he has said, you know, through the course yeah. of his ministry. Yeah, I remember going to a Calvary Chapel when I was younger, when I first became a Christian, nice. and there was a, a lot of uh, talk about how this guy was a heretic. There were books coming out from Calvary Chapel people just pointing out just how jacked all the theology was, and yeah, it was it was a big no no to be into Benny Hinn. Go get him, Chuck Smith. Yeah, that was the guy. I think he had a book. Uh, what was it? Hey, shout out to the three people. Who got that Chuck Smith Calvary Chapel reference? Was that the guy Chuck Smith? Did he write the book on Benny Hinn? I think it was Chuck Smith. I mean, are you checking it? Uh, no. Well, who, who was it then? We'll edit this out of the podcast, by the way. That's fine. It, no, it was Benny Hinn. Um, oh, it's like it on Chuck the tip Smith. of my tongue. Chuck Smith was the guy at Calvary Chapel. Yeah, he was the guy behind Calvary Chapel. I just don't know if he was the guy who wrote the book. Okay, okay. Maybe it was. Maybe it was. Uh, was Hank Hennegraaff one of the tra- Calvary Chapel guys? Yes, I've actually. That's one of the things I was researching for this podcast. Was Hank Hennegraaff. Okay, well, you you look that up. I'll, I'll go into sort of his false prophecies. Okay, I got it. I got it. We got it. So we can edit it in. 
Yeah, they were really upset about the book. Or, no, no, they were really upset about uh, Benny Hinn. There, there's a book and everything. Um, Christianity in Crisis. Yeah, I remember that. And uh, they were like, "Whoa, this is the worst thing ever." So it, it, I guess, when you get down to it, it really just boils down to a uh, a multi-decade track record of making false prophecies. <laughs> mm. Just, just a simple matter of false prophecies. <laughs> do you have some prophecies there? I, I do, and let me preface this by saying I think Benny Hinn's, um, I think his mistake was that he was very slow to realize what the internet was and what it was capable of doing. <laughs> I don't know. I think I don't think it's hurt him much. Well, okay. that's, <laughs> it's that's like true. it's like. It's like you said, the you know the people that are into him, they don't care about any of the stuff that's floating around online. They don't care about this Christianity and crisis thing. They just want to go and get healed or get blessed or you know make some make some bank like Benny Hinn. They just want to touch uh, t- the, that golden touch, man. Well, I will say that it has affected him because most of his crazy sayings happened earlier in his ministry like oh he's tapered okay. it off as he's realized that the internet catalogs these things because <laughs> um, you know like back in the 80s you could say whatever you wanted you could say god told me you know blah 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 blah, and everybody would get excited and fired up and then you would and then you would actually need an interpretation for that <laughs> <laughs> and if you were if you were really biblical you would get one this is true but you could make any kind of prophecy People get excited, and then you go into the next town, and by the time that prophecy either you know came true or didn't come true, I mean nobody would remember it because it just would sort of you know vanish from the consciousness. But with the yep. internet, <laughs> nothing vanishes. And it, yeah, and you probably wouldn't have to work as hard as a traveling you know healing guy because you could just have one sermon, do the same thing in each town, uh-huh. you know, and nobody picks up on that you're just you know, churning this out assembly line is the same thing every, every week, you know? Yeah. Um, so let's, let's go through some, <laughs> let's go through some of his, uh, his greatest hits here. Um, this is actually from, uh, Hank Hennegrass website, I believe. Uh, 1990, Hinn attempted to tell <laughs> his followers that God spoke to him and revealed that Fidel Castro uh, was was going to be assassinated in the nineties before the nineties were oh. over. Fidel Castro would be assassinated. Well, that didn't work out. Uh, not so much. Um, also, that God was going to destroy the homosexual community in America with fire, um, and that was mm. going to happen by nineteen ninety five. That nope, nope, didn't, that, that didn't that didn't happen. Didn't didn't really happen. Um, and then one of my favorite ones. Um, is it, there's a couple other people who have done this. I think, uh, I can't remember the guy's name. Other people have done this before, but prophesied that Jesus would appear on stage with him. <laughs> oh, now I'd pay to see that. <laughs> I think that was, uh, two, I think he did that in 2000. Uh, he was about to go on a world tour and prophesied that Jesus was going to appear. Generally happens when, generally people make that claim when they're about to do like a tour of Africa or Asia. Um, because I think they know there's going to be less media attention once they get over there. Um, and also, I think it was 2001, he did some kind of prophecy on TBN that uh, God was going to raise 
like thousands of people from the dead. And if you no, that actually happened. That actually happened. <laughs> and if you prop their caskets up and faced them to the TBN television screen, or like took their dead hand and like placed it on the screen, which you know, if you got rigor mortis, that's a little tricky, but. Um, the guy would raise him from the dead through TBN if you could do that. Yeah, just think of the mess that caused. Oh, yeah. <laughs> People <laughs> digging folks up. Got to get them in here for this show. <laughs> uh, that was in 1999. I'm looking at it now. That uh, If you lined up the caskets around the television sets and placed their hands. Okay, no, you're supposed to put your hands on the dead. Uh-huh. And then take the people who have died and put their hands on the TV screens. That's impossible because they're going to. I'd like to. You have to break their arm to do that. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to see the footage of them rounding up all the dead people. You know, the music would work. Where... <laughs> Everybody carting them out through the field. <laughs> I didn't anyway. know you were going to have that music queued up, but I am so glad you it, it just adds so much to the episode. <laughs> well, I am the executive producer at Key Life Network. <laughs> you should have expected great things from me. <laughs> All right, I'm going to give you a little Benny hand. You want to hear some of this in his own voice? Okay. I'm gonna, let me turn this up and make sure the mic picks it up. I believe. Hear this. I believe. That Jesus, God's Son, is about to appear physically in meetings and to believers around the world to wake us up. We're going to be woken up, Eric. I'm not, I, I can't hear it. I can't hear it. <laughs> um, okay, so that's, you know, okay, so we, we sort of established the fact that Benny Hinn is... Um, Okay, here's something. Here's something to edit in. Edit, okay. edit in, edit in. Benny Hinn <laughs> doing his the, the audio that you have with the Benny Hill theme song below it. That'd be great. <laughs> you know, most. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I couldn't hear that. I'm sure it was wonderful. No, that's okay. Uh, most of the time, when I say we're going to edit that out later, I never actually edit it out. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> Thanks for warning me. I don't think I, I don't think I have anything that I regret at this point, and I uh, appreciate that you've given me the heads up that you're not actually editing anything out. Somebody told me one time that was their favorite part of the episodes. It was whenever uh, it was whenever me or the co-host say, "Well, edit that out," and it's yeah. clear that we didn't. So now you got to be careful of random comments like that. People don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> um, it's just some goofball. Edit the show, man. Make it tight. Come on. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love when your show sounds so amateurish. Okay, so we've sort of established, that he, established the fact that he's out there. Um, yeah. So I guess my question to you now, we didn't just do this episode just to you know make fun of Benny Hand, although that was a large part of it, to be honest. Oh, okay. So how do you think people go wrong? Like, how do you think Benny Hens are created? That that's that's the crux of the issue. Well, I think some of them know what they're doing. And it's intentional, and that they, uh, you know, they they actually don't believe any of this stuff, and it's all a big act, and they're making money. Mm-hmm. That's the the most cynical part of me. I think there are people that uh, 
wasn't it Tilton who had somebody in in uh, like his dorm room in college who came out later and said, "Dude, this guy." And please, if I have it wrong, uh, I'm sorry. I don't mean to, you know, um, sully the man's good name. <laughs> Tilton does but, not have a good name. <laughs> that that's uh, that's uh, comedy there, um, but. You know, I, I think somebody came out and said, no, like he actually said, watch this. I'm going to do it like here. Hold my beer. I'm going to go do this. And, you know, there he is still still doing it, I guess. Yeah. Um, you remember- and so some of some of that's got to be that. And then, um, you know, giving people a little bit more kind of benefit of the doubt. Maybe it's a drift. Yeah. Maybe it starts early with, you know, a real sincerity and they're up there really believe in the whole thing and they have faith that these uh, healings are going to happen and you know they're they're uh they, they get some good reaction you know maybe it's kind of like you and that guy that said hey don't edit your program <laughs> <laughs> you know like you listen to the guy that said dude this was awesome when you twirled your coat around and those other guys fell fell down tonight <laughs> like that was a really good show and then you're sitting there going, dude, I'm doing that every night now. I'm going to do that every night. <laughs> and then you're, you know, pretty soon you're blowing on people and, you know, it just gets cranked up because you have to, you have to up it every week. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to keep, you know, and then it slowly gets out of hand. And then, and then you start, maybe start believing your own press. That's another piece of it, you know, where maybe you're surrounded by people who don't say, hey, man, uh, you know, this is really kooky because they're part of the inner circle and they're enjoying that. So they're just giving you a free pass. And then the guy on the stage just gets kookier and kookier. Yeah. You know, and then it, and then it gets out of hand. I don't know. It could be all kinds of things. I don't know what, what it is with Benny Hinn. But I know that um, you know, a lot of people really want to believe. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people that 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 are suffering and going through really hard stuff and and they don't want to hear the message of hey all the bad stuff it's not going to go away but it'll be redeemed you know all things are working together for your good and all that uh you know they they'd rather have the guy with the big hair making the big promises you know Uh, and so uh there's a big draw for that there's a lot of people who want to escape the pain of of uh, everyday life and they'll They'll look to uh, anybody that offers them you know, a, a bit of hope. Yeah. So, you know, and, and I think that that speaks to the uh, popularity of these things, you know, overseas in like third world countries and stuff. When you see it's like, OK, well, maybe audiences here in the States, they have the Internet and they've become more sophisticated. Not that they don't have the Internet over there, but, you know, that maybe the, the, the crowds have gotten a little bit more cynical and jaded over the years. And they've seen this over and over again, you know, but over there, maybe, you know, people are, are really suffering in a way that we don't have any clue about. And, uh, they, they see a guy like this coming from the States and they see the, the big, uh, paycheck they see him in his fancy planes his fancy car and his big fancy house and they're thinking well he must be blessed look at that i mean that's proofs in the pudding right there like this guy's gonna dish out what he's got yeah i i would add to that too that i think one of the reasons you see now now let's separate benny hen from charismatic denominations because i I think he's an outlier I, i don't think he represents you know mainstream denominations but 
uh, you do see like the charismatic denominations taking off in third world countries. And I, I think part of that is just that um, some of the more intellectually uh, oriented parts of theology, uh, those people just don't go as often. Yeah, and maybe there's just a lot more room in their minds and in their lives for the supernatural, and maybe there is actually something more that uh, that they're experiencing despite the messenger. Yeah, and I think you know what I mean. You know, uh, you know maybe miracles still serve a purpose in the third world, whereas they don't here because we have a church in every corner. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Anyway, um, I mean, I'm open to it. I'd love to see a miracle, but maybe I'm too cynical. Uh, well, I, I I agree with what you said, too, about, um, you know, it's different for different people. Do you remember Peter Popoff? No. He was the guy, same era as, as, as Tilton. Uh, but Popoff was the guy that um, he had a radio transmitter in his ear, and his wife would feed him information from the back. Oh, yeah. And uh, he was, like, pretending that it was God giving him... Like, people would come in and fill out prayer cards and give them to the wife at the back. Uh, and then she would feed it to him through an earpiece. And he was pretending that, like, God was giving him this information. Um, and I think sometimes like that, I mean, I mean, maybe we're dealing with, like, a personality disorder. Like, maybe these people are just disconnected from the human experience in a way that's just kind of sick. Um, I mean, there's all kinds of, uh, you know, spiritualists and things that, you know, they're... They're they're taking people through through their game, you know, and profiting from it. But you know, I, so I, I think, like you said, it's just a slide. Like I, I think people more than we want to give, more than we want to admit that, like even like um, uh, Jim Baker and Tammy Faye and Paul and Jan Crouch, like some of the the caricatures of of televangelists. I mean, those people started out dirt poor. Like they were, you know, in vans going from church to church, living, you know, hand to mouth, like. I don't know that there was any kind of, you know, master plan of we're going to get right. rich and pollute the gospel. I think it was, no. No. Um, you know, I think just wealth and influence and fame just. Oh yeah. And come on. People. And it doesn't have to be the, you know, the faith healers and the charismatic folks exclusively. No. I mean, it happens across the spectrum that stuff can go to people's heads. They start thinking, you know, that they're, you know, something more <laughs> than they are. And John uh, MacArthur's uh, fatal words: uh, "Reform folks don't have scandals." <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Never seen that. Never seen that. I think that was like in a strange fire conference in like 2011 or 2012, and like right after that, it yeah. was like Tullian fell apart and then Driscoll fell apart and then Darren Patrick fell apart. It was... yeah. God's like, Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're above it. Really? Okay. <laughs> Underrated part of the Benny Hinn experience is uh, nobody talks about how about Benny Hinn and Paula White on vacation together. I, I don't know. Um, I'm sorry. I'm kind of out of the, out of the loop on that. Like I said, I did all my research on Benny Hill. I, I, what a, you're, you're privy to more information than I am. Tell me the story. What's going on? Uh, if you Google Benny Hinn, Paula White. And if you know who Paula White is, she is the, uh, the blonde uh, t- televangelist who was one of Donald Trump's advisors. Okay. Um, and there's a picture in the National Enquirer of Benny Hinn and Paula White holding hands on a vacation. 
That's incredible. That, that must have been a tender moment <laughs> that somebody caught. Well, that's interesting. This it's another guy with uh, big hair who makes big promises and uh, says out, outlandish things, and he just keeps getting away with it. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Paula. Maybe Paula White's the connection. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm talking about Trump. Uh, I thought you. I thought you were. Uh, I thought you were subtweeting Chad West there for a minute. No, no, no. Um, you've lost me again. <laughs> no, nah, no. Nah, that, that, that joke fell flat. I'll edit that out. Sure you will. <laughs> I know your game now. I, I think one of the frustrating things, too, is when you have somebody like, like Benny Hinn, there's this uproar of like, you know, oh, we got we to gotta do something about this. But, you know, when, when a ministry exists outside of denominational boundaries, like there's really nothing you can do. Um, and, oh well, I think I think the IRS would beg to differ. <laughs> this, this is true. I mean, from like the, the church's point of view. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> all authority has been given by God. Yeah. And we we saw this too, like in Jim, with in the eighties with Jimmy Swagger, because he started out in the Assemblies of God, and then um, you know a couple minor instances with a or minor incidents with uh, prostitutes. Uh, and the Assemblies of God decided maybe he didn't need to be a pastor anymore. And uh, he decided at that point he was just going to leave the Assemblies of God and, and go independent. Uh, so, uh, like, even when the denomination tries to rein somebody in, sometimes it doesn't work. Yeah. It just all makes me think of just last night, I actually watched Going Clear, the thing on L. Ron Hubbard and yeah. uh, Scientology. I'm looking at that going, dang. You know, this is. This is uh, no, this is like the human condition, man. This is everywhere. Uh, yeah. Well, luckily, uh, Eric, you and I don't have any faults to worry about. Uh, we are oh. we are secure in our perch to uh, to point out the flaws of other Christians. Well, I just haven't been given any fame or uh, power or money. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. Who knows? Who knows what would happen? I think it's God in His wisdom who has you know kept me a humble disc jockey. Hey, perfect segue there. Mr. VP, let's talk about let's talk about the ups and downs of publishing a book. Oh yeah, well, case in point, <laughs> I thought I was going to change the world, and uh, you know what I sell two thousand copies. I don't know who's keeping track, really. Right? <laughs> Eric is the author of the book The Seed, uh, a true myth. A true myth. Yes, that's the subtitle. I think it's more interesting if you say the subtitle. The subtitle. Okay. Eric is the author of... The and for your audience, they might get stuck on the seed and <laughs> How start making... You? How dare all, you, sir? All kinds of jokes <laughs> and not take the work seriously. <laughs> should, should I introduce your book in the voice of Benny Hinn? <laughs> yeah, sure. It's, it's like, I'm trying to work on Benny Hinn's voice. It's almost like a, like a Pepe Le Pew kind of thing. Like a... <laughs> oh, Eric, Eric. He's the author of a wonderful book. The seed. The seed. A true myth. A true myth. A true myth. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, so I, I was going to get Eric on the show, and I, I was talking to him about, you know, are we going to plug this book? Are we going to talk? And he was sort of like, oh, I'm just so tired of this. And it was really kind of interesting. We got to talking about this because normally I have somebody on, and they, they've written a book or they're working on an article. Yeah, we plug it, and we, we, we do the whole podcast thing where, you, you know, you, you throw eyeballs at it. And... um but it's really interesting talking to Eric 
because it, it, it you're kind of like in a very authentic place about it. Um, so I just sort of want to talk about that. If, like, or, tell 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 everybody like as best you can like what that's like to just pour yourself into a project like that. Well, that's the thing, you know, going into it, it's not like I, I wasn't aware of the issues that could come up. I knew given my own, you know, uh, bent that, you know, I could put a lot of my own identity and, you know, uh, value as a, as a person into how the book did. You know, especially after working on it, it's such a personal thing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, working so hard and, and just putting so much of myself into it. I knew that when it was getting ready to come out that I'm like, hey, you know, it's it's not it's it's not a one to one relationship. It's not, you know, how the book does doesn't speak to your value as a person. In fact, a lot of the content of the book is very much about these um, labyrinths that we build that are kind of um, uh, monuments to our own competence and the way that they actually become our own prisons. You know, they wall us in. And, um, you know, certainly that happens with these you know, celebrity folks. And, but it happens with all of us, all of us that uh, the, the work that we do, we, we think it defines us. And, uh, you know, who we are, uh, our value is – uh, tied up in, in how the work is received. And I mean, it was in that kind of message was in the book. So I was very aware of it going in that I didn't want to do that. But then when it comes out and you're checking the Amazon ranking and, you know, especially when in the process, it felt like there were just so many things that, that, that went well, that weren't coincidence mm-hmm. coincidences they, they weren't coincidences in my mind you know they, it just seemed like i was in the flow of something really cool and i i just had hoped that it was gonna make a big impact in people's lives that they would see this message that we talk about a key life and that um they would see, see it in a new light and all this and um and then you know as the thing rolls out and you realize nope this is just gonna be another book on amazon <laughs> You know, that none of that stuff's going to happen. You know, consciousnesses are not going to be shifted, you know, on a large scale. And, you know, it's just then, then, yeah, it started to make me wonder, well, why did I work so hard on this thing? And it was a it was a crisis for me. And I really didn't like getting on social media and kind of um, commodifying all those relationships, you know, to try to sell them books. I mean, that just really left a mark. And, um, it's the, the way I describe it. And I know, I know what you're talking about because, you know, I've, 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 I've walked, you know, exactly where you're walking right now. Um, it, the way I describe it, it's like when you put out something like that, it's like you're standing on stage naked in front of people who are critiquing you, critiquing your body. Yeah, and that's I'm not trying to be like funny or, or 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 cute like in that description. That's that's the most accurate way I can describe it. Of if you're standing up there and you have put everything you there's nothing left for you to reveal. Like you're completely right. laid bare and you're just standing there and in your mind you're thinking they don't like it. They don't like the way I look. I, they don't like me. Yeah. Yeah, and and so I was kind of like <laughs> surprised in a way oh, no, I actually did the thing that I was warning against 
in the very book that I'm promoting. And, and then I, I had to like learn it all again. And then I just put it down and I, I just started seeing it everywhere in everything I do that so many things had, had just gotten, gotten, you know, that, that, uh, that heat put on it, you know, that what I was producing was just so personal. And, um, so I'm still dealing with it and just, at this place now where I don't really want to promote, I don't really want to produce anything personal. I don't want to, um, commodify not only my relationships, but, but my own experiences, you know, I, I want to, uh, just find meaning in mere existence, you know, in, in, in just everyday life and, uh, and in relationship with, God and, you know, the identity that, that I have in him and, uh, you know, with him and me and, and all of those things where that's just become a lot more central. And, and so when it comes to, Hey, well, let's promote it. I'm like, ah, okay. I guess that would be a good thing, but like, I'm really scared of it now. Don't the, don't the, like positive Amazon reviews. Those can be so confusing for an author. Because it's like if you go on a run where you get five star, five star, five star, five star, it, it, it's like you you get these crazy thoughts of okay, if it's that good, why is it not taking off? Yeah, right. Yeah, you get all the. I started getting the investments back when we were getting ready to publish the thing. You know the stuff the, the stuff that they were going to put on Amazon or on the cover. You know, mm-hmm. and it just started feeding that like. Oh, well, maybe this actually is great. <laughs> like maybe this actually is really awesome. And, and so I got sucked into that and I'm just so bummed that I did. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not all for naught. I mean, you're on fun, sexy Bible time right now. Yeah. If it weren't for, if it weren't for the book, uh, you know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be having uh, this fun conversation. So I guess it's all working together for good. I don't need to go and uh, be healed. Maybe if, uh, <laughs> maybe if you and I took our books and put them on the TV screen as Benny Hinn was prophesying, uh, would, would that do anything? I don't know. I mean, if I could get him to endorse it, I, I uh, you know, no, no, I couldn't. I couldn't. <laughs> okay, if I could get him to hold it up at one of those conferences, <laughs> one of those. All right, real quick before we go. Benny Hinn versus Steve Brown street fight. Who you got? Oh, it's it's going to be Steve Brown. Okay, walk me through that. Why are you taking Steve? Well, one of my favorite things that Steve <laughs> that Steve has said is that he said he said I'm a pacifist, but I carry a gun just in case I change my mind. <laughs> <laughs> so. Now, Benny Hinn might have bodyguards, and he might have a magic coat and magic breath, you know. But that's going to be like that scene in Indiana Jones, you know, where he in the first movie, he walks up, and Benny Hinn starts twirling that coat around. (laughs) And Steve Brown just goes, you know what? Pat. I don't have time for this. He just pops a cap in him, and <laughs> and he walks on. You know, <laughs> that's how I see it going down. Uh, <clears throat> and then you can go back to pacifism. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm going to use one of my pre sins for that, and 
and go back to being a true believer. <laughs> he hates when I joke about that. <laughs> Eric Guzman, it was wonderful having you on this program. Thanks, God Benny. Has, God has blessed me. And now I need you to bless me by sending a faith gift. <laughs> well, will I be blessing myself if I bless you? My youth will pastor, I get it? My youth pastor I... said that you're not allowed to bless yourself. You wait until you're married and your wife blesses you. <laughs> <laughs> you thought I was going to get through a whole episode without making a juvenile joke. You were wrong, my friend. Oh, no. The thought never crossed my mind. Why would I think that? Eric Guzman, thank you for coming on the show tonight. Thank you for having me on.